Welcome to the Men's Success Podcast, your toolbox for all things success, strategy, psychology, mental health, and human optimization, specifically for the modern man living in today's society. I'm Lewis Hayden, and it's my job to help you with topics that men face on their journey towards success, success in business, wealth, family, and whatever success might look like for you. Today's topic is all about success psychology, getting in that 1% zone. So today's episode is all about success psychology. Uh, And for me, success psychology is really thinking about, well, why is it that some people can go out there and against all odds still succeed? What is it about them? What's going on below the waterline? What what can't we see here that's going on in their mind that's making them successful? Because if you were to give two people exactly the same resources, exactly the same level of money, give them the plan. Here's the plan. Go and do it. Even if you give people all that stuff, what do you think will stand out the most? Will they both get the same result? Or will they both go on different journeys? So there's got to be something there of how they do things differently. And for me, that where psychology becomes so exciting. What is it about that person, that individual, that makes them think different? Now let's take this to an even deeper level, right? This podcast, the Men's Success podcast, is going to go deep. So if you don't like going deep on psychology, then yeah, there's other podcasts out there. Let's go real deep then. So can we teach people to be more mentally successful? There's a question for you. Okay, so let's say we get some new skills. We start to really think about it a lot differently. Yeah, we can learn new skills. But even with the skills and understanding that it is about our mindset and we got to go deeper with it and think a little bit differently, why is it that people still, with those skills, start to get better results than others? Well, here's something even deeper. Rather than thinking about people's traits, so hey, look, that person's good at this and they're learning and learning new stuff, what about if there's something else in play? So rather than thinking of traits, what about state? So for example, uh, have you ever thought about, you know, you're going to set yourself a New Year's goal? Why is it at the start of the year, everyone starts to set New Year's goals? Let's say it was to run a marathon in three months or lose a lot of weight. Let's go with a marathon thing, okay? So what's the first steps? Let's let's follow someone and actually examine their behavior. This is where it gets really exciting, right? We can actually examine the behavior of successful people. We can't see their thoughts, but we can see what they do in their behavior, So let's look at the behavior of somebody who set a new year goal that wants to run a marathon. First things that they'll do, they'll go and tell everybody about it. Great, okay, that's a good step. You know, get some commitment, tell your friends, tell your family, now you're accountable to it, right? The next thing they do is they'll go out there and they'll buy some new trainers. Yeah, I've got to get the trainers right. Got to get the socks right. Got to make sure that it's all comfy and get get all the kits, you know, get all the clothes, get the brand put some pictures on Instagram, get some pictures for Facebook, get a lot of com- get a lot of commitment that you're making on social media. So all this buzz is up there and we set the alarm clock and go, right, okay, 5 a.m., going to get up. That's the time. If I'm going to train, I'm an early bird, get that going. 
and then the next morning 5am comes around and oh yeah okay I'm up let's go for it so put your trainers on go for a run and as you're running you're going hmm yeah look at all these lazy people out there they should be out running like me as well look I'm gonna go and run this marathon in three months time and then all of a sudden the next day um, it's a little bit rainy outside a little bit drizzly and you think right okay maybe the rain might stop in 15 minutes I'll just press snooze okay and then what happens we get up we go for a run yeah I'm still running I'm still going for it and then the next day it's a little bit dull a little bit rainy um, so I'll just press snooze again so the time is going from 5am now to half past 5 now it's 6 o'clock well it's 6 o'clock now I, I haven't got time before I've got to get to the office and I've got to get to work so I'll just do it tomorrow instead yeah, it's okay. As long as it's done tomorrow. So these little justifiers start to keep occurring, keep keep coming into play. And the next thing we know, um, you know, a few weeks gone by, and guess what? Yeah, that running at 5am isn't happening anymore. Because we could do it tomorrow, or we'll start next week, or we'll start next month. They will start next year. It's a New Year's goal again. So what's actually happening here is that, you know, there's something that's going on in someone's mind that really the the inspiration was a state it was a momentary thing that this this goal happened because everyone else was doing it could be a driver for example but the state isn't there anymore so how do we keep that state happening more in our lives if we could keep at that higher level of state of being driven being motivated being inspired more often being committed to all our friends and family then perhaps we could achieve a lot more in that state and a lot more performance could start to happen. Now that's the secret. How do we crack that secret? That's the 1% zone. So the 1% zone isn't, isn't a group of people that are 1% and they're like the super elites. Anybody can be in that 1% zone, but how often? So 1% is actually a time thing. Yeah, 1% of the year you're thinking about running a marathon and achieving a great goal because it fills us with all this this achievement of something needs to change this year and this year is going to be the year of change. And then as it goes through, that soon takes away. So what if we could make that 1% 100%? Okay, that's pretty impossible, right? We're all human. We're always going to feel a little bit tired at some times and we've got to go out there and do different things. So let's just make that 1% happen more often. Okay, so 1% better each day will compound. So it's not 52, uh, if that happens each week, 1% better each week. That's not 52%. It's 1% on 1% on 1% on 1%. So it, it, it equates to a big number, right? Not 52. You're going to be a lot more percentage higher by the end of the year. So let's take this into a different context, okay? We've talked about marathon running. We're here to talk about your success as a man in today's society, okay? Not that we're not talking about women. Yeah, women go through this stuff, but hey, look, I'm a man. I'm doing this, and I get there's a lot of men out there that are on success journeys that go through different states. They feel the ups. They feel the downs. But the trick is we've got to be able to keep that up state more often so when the downs do happen and we're only human and we're going through this journey of life and journey of success when those downs do happen they don't happen as much <laughs> that's the key we catch ourselves on the down days so we can make more up days happen because life isn't a straight line to success right it's not a straight line upwards 
it's a zigzag. It's like a heartbeat, yeah? There's ups and downs. And if there wasn't ups and downs, we wouldn't be alive. So it's okay. Let's ride the downs but catch ourselves and make that state, that 1% zone, happen more often. So we can start winning and then move further forward and start to feel that achievement happening more often. And as it does, guess what happens? There's a theory out there um, in research journals, in positive psychology, that actually called broaden and build theory. And what broaden and build theory tells us is that upward spirals of positivity lead to even more upward spirals of positivity. Okay, more positive results. But as soon as negative spirals downwards start to happen, well, guess what? It broadens, it builds. We start to get more negative things come up because our radar is set for why things negative happens. Ever heard, oh, well, you know, uh, good things come in threes, bad things come in threes? Well, yeah, because the, the, the whole construct around it is that there'll be one, two, three, and then things will get better. That doesn't make sense, does it? You know, is it a law of the universe that three things come in three? No, it's just been made up. The difference is, is that after the third one, well, things must get better now because everyone says things come in three. We've allowed that to happen, and that's the rule that we've set our brain to work at. So why can't we change that? And that's what we want to do. How do we change that? Be in that top state, broaden and build upward spiral more often. Imagine what would happen to life if you could be on an upward spiral more often. What about in your career? What about on your success journey? What about in your family? What about on your wealth journey? Okay? If you're serious about wealth, we need to be thinking about just creating those more positive things happen more often in the direction that you want them to happen. We'll talk about that in this podcast series. Let's talk about the 1% zone right now. So look, when I talk about this stuff, it comes from two angles, really. I'm a little bit of a, a stranger when it comes to business because I'm also an academic, but I'm also an entrepreneur and business owner too. So you're going to get two different sides from this. You're going to get what the science side says, which is backed by evidence and is shown to actually work. But, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a realist. I'm a business owner as well. I want to see this stuff actually working. I want to see people proving it, making sure that it happens as well. So when things, when you hear things from me, it comes from two angles. What does the science say and what does experience say? And my experience in this is that I've spent a lot of time, I'm a business coach by trade, so I've spent a lot of time with business owners growing businesses from you know, 1 million, 50 million, 100 million pound plus, and I see what actually works in businesses too, as well as out of my own businesses too. So here's what the science says and here's my experience around it as well. So the interesting topic really is that I'm actually doing a PhD on this topic as well because I find it fascinating how people can be more successful than others as well. Um, so the state, state versus trait. There's an area, think about about all businesses, yeah, we've got financial capital. And what financial capital is, is how much money have you got behind you? What's the cash flow? What's the budget like? What's what's everything like in the business? What's the revenue? What's the margins like? Everything to do with the business and the financial state. Right, okay. What are those accounts saying? That's the financial um, capital. Underneath that, though, there's more research, and especially as we move out of that industrial age, okay, that we start to realise that it's not... You can, you can copy a business plan. You can copy 
what the the strategy is. What you can't copy is the human element, right? There is only one person. Every human has a unique thumbprint on the world and thinks a little bit differently to each other. So you can't copy that. You can start to teach people stuff, but you can't exactly replicate that one person, yeah? There's only one Bill Gates. There's only one Elon Musk, yeah? There's only one Michael Jordan. Whatever you think about it, in any sport or any business, there's only one of that person. So it's very difficult to replicate human capital. So businesses that harness human capital and make the most of their people understand this. Even if you've got robots out there, right? Those robots need programming. Those people uh, come there, add unique value to that business because of the education and the learnings and the experience and whatever it may be, all their psychology contributes towards that business as a human capital. Okay, Businesses know this. That's why there's a lot invested in um, human resources. So as we move into a different age now, what we're starting to realize, especially with social networking, and it becomes not just what you know, but who you know. And that's where social capital starts to kick in. Okay, Who do you know that would be very good for this role that we know is going to be better and give us extreme competitive advantage if we get that person in? Okay, So we've got LinkedIn, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram now. The world is more connected than ever. And if you look at evolution, the reason why we are where we are today as human beings is because we can pass information on between each other. So social capital is a very strong thing for, for corporations, organizations, or businesses to really harness. If you've got social capital, then you've got a competitive advantage. So what we can start to see here is that it's not just about what you do, it's also about the people now, the who, who you get in there, and who are they becoming as well. So as you get people and grow them, then that becomes your unique competitive advantage, your power within the workplace to go out there and, and really get advantage over the other businesses. So this science has started to get a lot more attractive. now. But the science has been around for a very long time. It's been around in academia for a very long time. You know, if you look back, we can see the things that um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, for example, starts to look at the human sort of side and really look at the psychology around it. But what really started to happen is in the late 1990s, Daniel Goldman actually turned around with the concept of emotional intelligence as well, which was really good for the science world because he took the academic side and made it human and in business. <laughs> when I say human, I mean that everyone can understand, okay? So Daniel Goldman did a great thing for positive psychology that he started to really um, contribute to how this can be applied in the business world too but then the thing is is there's a lot of research that's out there as well around for example emotional intelligence there's other areas that don't get the light shined on them as much but would add a lot of value to to not just businesses but people's success in general we're not talking about the group and business for example we're talking about the individuals remember and that's where you as an individual a man in this world going through life could really harness this information of how you can use it to stay in that one percent zone and become more successful and a high performer in what you do whether it be business wealth and life so the new field that's really being looked at now is take the, the capitals like we mentioned earlier, the financial capital, the human capital, the social capital. What is it about the human? What is it about that person? What is it about them that allows them to be in a higher state more often? So see how we're linking the two of state and the science side? Well, there's an area called psychological capital.
And what psychological capital looks at is what is going on in the human brain that allows this person to become a more social person, to become a high-performing human uh, person in human capital, to then have an impact on financial capital. So researchers are really looking at this and how it can add value. It's just not becoming as popular yet. But thanks to this podcast, you're going to be able to harness this straight away and how to apply it in your career and give you an advantage. So there's four key areas to psychological capital. The first one is the area of hope. Uh, Now I get what you're thinking. When I first heard this as well, especially as an entrepreneur and and business owner and an executive, is to turn around and go, yeah, so so what are you talking about, Louis? Just, Just cross your fingers and hope for the best. Well, in the science world, hope is something a little bit different. What it actually means is two things. Number one, goals. What is the goal? What is the direction? What is the outcome that you're really looking for? Okay, because that, well, what do goals do? They don't only motivate us, friends, for instance, the uh, let's run a marathon, it's the New Year's goal. It also gives us direction. It gives us decisions start to happen quicker. Okay, so let's put this into man-to-man talk, right? If a friend asks you, hey, Lewis, do you want to go to the pub tonight? And you go, hmm, okay, well, I've got an option to to go to the pub and see friends, but what impact does that have on my 5 a.m. getting up to go running? Well, if you're going to be super resilient, yeah, you can get up with a bit of a hangover and still run. Or you can go, hey, look, you know, um, thanks for the opportunity, but I've got this goal that I've got to really hit in the next three months. You might not see me around on a Friday afternoon as much because my decision, goal, is straight for let's go for that marathon yeah serious discipline commitment ownership towards i'm going to make that goal happen no matter what so you've got to have the goal in place right the second part to this hope area is well why is it not just called goals right well the second part is pathfinding what happens when something gets in the way of that goal that really really fucks up that plan you need to start thinking about pathfinding how do we get around it Okay, so imagine that you've got one road that you're traveling down in your car and all of a sudden there's a roadblock, right? There's a boulder in the middle of a trees fell down in the middle of that road. Somebody who's got pathfinding ability will find a way around that. They'll either get out and move the tree or they'll find a different way around it, a different path. But that's yeah, yeah, we're talking metaphoric here. What actually happens? That makes sense, right? You just move the tree around or you go around it or you find a different way. But if that's a blocky in life, let's say someone puts a real um, a real obstacle in your way, metaphoric obstacle in your way, what tends to happen is that people just go, yeah, that's not meant to be, right? Maybe next time. It's raining. I'll just go tomorrow. Or, you know, um, something's happened where, I'll, oh, I've, I've, I've pulled a muscle in my leg. Okay, so, so running wasn't right for me. Bullshit. <laughs> you've probably pulled a muscle in your leg because you don't run enough okay is your body adapting to it yeah well look you're not talking about the science here of 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 the body what i'm talking about here is the psychology and the way around it how many people will actually go right my muscles are tight so if i'm going to run that marathon i need to go and invest in seeing a physio once a week yeah 
Well, that's the people that do what it takes. It's quite interesting. You speak to high-performance sports people, and they will say, hey, look, I see a physio and chiropractor quite often. Well, what's wrong with you? Well, nothing's wrong with me, but I want to be at my high-performance more often, so I'm going to see this person to make sure that I'm at my best more often. Okay? So let's be honest, right? Rate yourself right now. And be absolutely true to yourself. If you was to score yourself out of 10, how clear are you on your goals? And look, if you haven't got this written down, then you can't score yourself more than a 5, right? Because if they're not written down, how much focus are you actually making? How often do you look at them? Do you look at them daily? Do you think about it daily? Yeah, be really serious about your goal. And if there's something that's got in the way, well, maybe the pathfinding element is something to think about as well. So the second part of psychological capital is the area of, uh, well, it's actually, it's called self-efficacy. And what, what that actually means is, is confidence, your core confidence. How confident are you in general? If you're a confident person, well, that's a trait. You know, you can say, hey, look, you know, Bob's a confident person. Sarah's a confident person. But what we're looking at here is how is you, how are you confident in a state more often? Do you stay in that, that confident state, especially around that given goal as well? How confident are you in achieving that goal? So there's a lot of areas of confidence that can start to, to come into play here. Are you a confident person more often? Do you have moments where you start to wobble a bit and things can knock your confidence? Are you confident that you have the skills and the things in place that can get you to that goal? Are you confident about pathfinding around it? Right? So there's a lot of areas of confidence that start to kick in, which can ultimately impact who you are, your psychological capital. So what do we do to get more confidence? Well, that'd be a great question. Well, first things first, right? If you've never done it before, why are you Why would you be confident if you've never been there? Well, you wouldn't be, would you? Because you don't know what to expect. So a lot of fear kicks in, right? A lot of fear might happen, but the only reason you're having that fear is because you've never actually been there. Think about as somebody who does a lot of skydives, right? Why is it somebody who can do a thousand skydives can go up there and keep doing it over and over and over again? Well, the most scariest one probably was the first time that you would go up there, okay? So after you've experienced it, you know what to expect. So how do we experience it before we experience it? Well, look, people write books to actually share their experience. They can put it down into 200, 300 pages, and they're there to share that experience of how they did it. So a good tip to become more confident, read what the people are doing. Listen to the podcasts of people that have been there or prepared to help you get there, because then that could increase your confidence. This is just one way. We'll talk more about confidence as we go for the podcast series as well. So the third part of psychological capital, how we can stay in that state more often to get more successful and be in that 1% zone more often is, well, we've got the goal, we've got the learnings, we've become more confident around it, we've got a plan, yeah, having a great plan can also increase the confidence. What happens then when we start to get doubt arrive in our mind? What happens when we go and try it and our friends laugh at us? What happens when we, we give it a go and we're pretty shit at it, right? Yeah. Well, we start to have these thoughts that appear in our mind. And remember, thoughts lead to our results. So if we want to have good results, we've got to start becoming more confident and secondly, more resilient. 
right? So the resilience, what is resilience? Well, in the science terms, resilience means when you get knocked down, you get back up again. Think about a child starting to walk, right? Think about a baby starting to walk. They can't take instructions because they don't understand communication to the level that an adult does or an older child does. So they've got to figure it out for themselves, yeah? If they was to start falling over and hurting themselves and crying when they hit the floor and hurt themselves, well, they wouldn't do it again, would they? But what keeps them going is that they have the hope, they have the goal that they know it's possible because everybody else around them is walking, right? Now, repeat that back into your success journey. If you had a goal and all of a sudden something gets in the way and you get knocked down about it or Uncle Bob tells you that's not possible because I know somebody who did that and became successful and they were miserable. Yeah, look, we've heard all the excuses, right? That's their excuses. You're listening to this podcast. So you're serious about this. So let's park those excuses and figure out how it's possible, not not why it's not possible. Makes sense? Okay, so this is all a mindset thing, right? We've got to be resilient. Resilient to setbacks. When we fall down, we get back up again. We've got to be resilient to other people's bullshit beliefs, right? There's a reason why it's not easy and everybody's a millionaire. It's because it isn't easy. There's a lot of things out there that are going to start to cut us down, pull us back, right? The reason I say cut us down is when I used to live in Australia, they've got a saying, it's the tall poppy syndrome, okay? So when the poppy starts to grow taller than the others, it gets cut down, right? (laughs) And that can just be man-to-man, right? This can be uh, just banter that you pick up, and it's a a passing comment from somebody else that was probably 10-second comment that they don't have to think about ever again. But for you, you can hold on to that for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 50 years of your life can be because of someone's passing comment that has stopped you, that you've held on to for such a long time that you now take on as a belief, right? It was just a passing comment that took 10 seconds, right? That there could have been the turning point for why you make it or why you don't make it. Resilience. So how resilient are you against the the knockbacks, the beliefs of others, the comments, the thoughts that appear in your head, your own brain lying to yourself because it wants to keep you safe, yeah? The brain is designed for fight or flight. It wants to keep you safe. Don't listen to it, though. It's not designed to go out there and go for success. You need to start listening to the neocortex part of the brain for that one. That's a different podcast again, right? We'll talk about that in another episode. But think about resilience. You've got your goals. You've got your um, confidence is starting to build. Resilience can start to knock it back. So it's a key area for psychological capital. So the fourth area of psychap, psychological capital, is uh, optimism. Okay, so what is optimism? Well, f- first things first, right? When I think of optimism, when I thought of optimism before I learned about psychap, was to think, right, okay, well, I hear the saying a lot about the glass being half full or half empty, right? And then, as through social media, I start to hear the case of no good being an optimist. What you need to do is be a realist. Yeah, for me, this is just another excuse, right? This this isn't a spectrum here. You, you can be a realist optimist, yeah? You can be a realist uh, pessimist. 
there's advantages to both. One isn't worse than good and better than the others. For example, right, if you was an optimist, would you really want an optimist to be in charge and manage a nuclear power plant? Yeah, yeah, you know, that big red light flashing, it'll be okay. Everything will be fine, you know, it's all good, it's all good. No, right, you need a pessimist there. You want to be facing every risk, yeah. So what do you need in your success journey is the question. Do you need to be high level of optimism or or more pessimist, right? Well, it depends on your job. But technically, if we're talking about PSYCAP and we're talking about going towards this goal, well, we need to be more optimistic, don't we? So here's the thing. You've got your goal. You've got pathfinding around it, so the hero level's rising up. You've got more uh, self-efficacy, confidence around it. You're learning. You're getting new skills. You're becoming very resilient around it, so you know exactly now that if any knockbacks start to happen. So optimism here is being optimistic, not just about the future, the future of what will happen, all right? So this will happen, and I know that there's going to be up days some days, Okay. So that would be an idea of optimism. Thinking, right, this will this is just a down day. I know that the positive days will come. Staying optimistic. Now there's another side to optimism as well. Optimism about the things that have happened to you. Okay, so you've got the future part, but also the past part. So optimism is a lot about around time. Interesting. So think about the past. Well, that happened to me, uh, so I can't move forward. Well, if that's the belief that if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right because of something that's happened to you in the past. Well, there's two schools of psychology that I find really interesting, and, and, and that's the Freudian school of let's look at the past and let's look at what's happened to you and how that moves forward. And I can go into a lot more detail about it than, than this. But there's an, also another area of psychology called Adlerian psychology. And what Adlerian psychology says is that if you choose to from today, your past doesn't particularly matter. You can choose to make it happen from today. You've just got to make that decision and that choice. There's a right and wrong to both, right? These are both different schools. Not to say that one's right or wrong, but which do you choose? What's going to empower you most to have a higher level of psychological capital? Okay, so if you look at past events that have happened to you, do you see the positive learnings from it? Or do you see that as, well, that happened to me, so I can't move forward? Yeah, so just some different ideas around optimism here. So rate yourself right now. Out of the four things that we've heard about, Okay, hope, efficacy, resilience, and optimism. By the way, that spells hero. So if you ever need to remember this, hero is the acronym for it. Rate yourself in each area. How would you score yourself a 10? How would you score yourself a 10 on a state to do with that goal as well? Okay, so not just as a trait, but a state towards how you are more often in that state. Now, here's the the extra interesting thing about PSYCAP is it's developmental. What developmental means is the better you grow on it, the better you develop on it, the more it will start to show up in your life. So if you think about a continuum, yeah, a line, on the one side we've got state, which is someone's emotions, their feelings. Emotions and feelings can start to happen and change quite often. For instance, you could be in a good mood driving down the motorway and all of a sudden someone cuts you up and nearly has an accident, you'll be instantly in a pissed off state okay so emotions can start to switch pretty quick 
traits, they're on the other side of that line. They can be around for quite a long time and they go, right, okay, we know that so that Sarah is a happy person, for example, right? So that's someone's trait because we see it more often in them. In between that line, there's, there's two areas, trait-like and state-like. What we're interested in is state-like and that's where psychological capital happens. And the difference between being state-like and state is that state, we can't really do much about it. We're in that mood or we're not. State-like, we can start to train ourselves to be more positive state. So that's where the unique advantage is in, is in psychological capital. Okay. So look, right, this is Men's Success Podcast. We're going to be talking real talk now. There's the science part of it. Take what you need from it to help you move forward. That's what really matters on this podcast. This is your toolbox for success. What we've done today is give you an insight of what happens more often when people out there are becoming more successful is that they're the action takers, they're the goal getters, the people that can stay in more of a, uh, a more goal orientated, more confident, more resilient, more optimistic perspective of life. They're the ones that actually start to get the results. And the science says that the, the, the evidence is showing that. Go and read success books and you'll be able to, to relate psychological capital. Bear in mind that it's only been in the last, what, 10, 15 years that PSYCAP has been around in journals. It hasn't particularly came out into the, uh, the, the business world yet. That you can start to use this to your advantage now as well. Where does it stand out? Now you've got this information, how is it applying in what people write in books, into what people put into podcasts. You can see it happening more often, more often in successful people. So I've given you the science today. We're not always going to be talking about the science in these podcasts, but I thought for episode one, let's give you some real tools in your toolkit that would allow you to start moving forward and achieving success. Success being wealth, business, family goals, sports goals, the thing that you want to move towards, right? Define your success. Get in that 1% zone more often, and guess what? More success will happen because of the spiraling upwards of results. Just get in the zone. Use this tool. Go out there. How does it fit into your world right now? What can you do about it? Here's your homework. What can you do using the PSYCAP tool of how it allow you to move forward and get more of what you want? See you in the next episode. You have been listening to the Men's Success Podcast. The music played in the podcast is Prelude and Fugue in C Minor Nightmare by Musical Basics. Check out Musical Basics on Spotify, YouTube and at musicalbasics.com.